You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Coming to you from the Detroit Sound Studios above Active 8 Gaming, it's The Undercar. Bringing you the best in hand combat coverage with feature interviews, major events, and the hottest ring girls from around the nation. The Undercard is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. And now, here they are, always in your corner, Brad, Marv, and Jimmy. day just like groundhog day we are repeating an episode if you're like you're playing the same song you did last week you're right because that episode is officially lost so we're here uh but i didn't want to like call it episode 229 because we did episode 229 uh so we're just gonna call this episode 229.5 uh we do have kenny moore again he's founder of second to none promotions they got a big fight happening uh, next week, Friday, April 21st. D. Carlos Convention Center, 6015 East 10 Mile Road, Warren, Michigan. Tickets are available by calling 313-914-0017. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk more about what happened with last week's podcast and all that stuff and recap uh, this week. I mean, if we're in here, we might as well do it. And... Uh, talk a little bit about the Joe Louis Arena uh, Boxing And uh, You know Just we're gonna have a quick little 229.5 episode And We're gonna start off with Kenny Moore We're gonna call him up right now uh, Kenny's actually given us a lot of tickets To give away too So we might give away a few tickets down the road Jimmy's not with me today No Jimmy Rochelle's here, though. Hello. Hi, Kenny. You're live on the air with the undercard. How are you today? Hey, what's happening? 
All right. We're joined by Kenny Moore, founder of Second to None Promotions. They got a big fight happening Friday, April 21st, D. Carlos Convention Center. Doors 7 p.m., fights at 8 p.m. Uh, you can get tickets by calling 313-914-0017. Uh, Kenny, uh, let's talk a little bit about this card as it's shaping up. You're uh, about two weeks out now. Uh, tell everybody uh, who's on the card and what's going on. All right. Well, um, as of a week ago, I made a handful of changes, you know, boxing and some things fell apart. I got some very good, strong replacement bouts. Um, some, uh, I have a couple of Ukrainian guys coming out of Florida. Um, two of them are undefeated. Uh, I got an undefeated versus undefeated from Cleveland. One guy from Cleveland, one guy from, uh, Florida, but by way of the Ukraine. Uh, let's see, uh, Hasim Rockman Jr., Zach Shamoon, Antonio Wade. Um, I have, uh, um, Cortez Chambers. Uh, um, and there's a couple other guys, man. A couple other guys I got coming in. Eric Moon, he, he'll be on the show. You know, I got a couple other guys, some MMA guys, transferring over to boxing. That's about it on uh, on the car right now. And and tell everybody, uh, you know, recapping what you said last week. You're trying to make the show different than uh, other promoters in Detroit. Uh, give an idea of what they can expect from a second to none promotion show, uh, April twenty first. Well, you know, for me, I think, um, like I said, I, I'm really focusing on building a brand versus doing a show. So I got like, um, I match my fights very competitive. You know what I mean? If if, if I if, if, just give an example, if I found a five and five guy, I'm looking for a four and five guy. You know what I mean? Right up in that neck of the woods. I want I want competitive fights. I want um, fights that when you leave, you know you enjoy it, you know what I mean? And I mean, not that there isn't any, you know, there's a lot of shows here that's that good, but I'm a competitive person. I want to do better, you know, coming from, um, so that's my plan. Now, uh, who's going to be the main event? Which, uh, which fighter is the main event? Somebody just asked. Um, right now is, um, is in the air. Most likely I'm looking at, um, uh, uh, former heavyweight champion uh uh charles martin perhaps antonio urista those two guys i forgot i mentioned i forgot to mention those two guys they're on the car too so um antonio urista that shimon possibly or former heavyweight champion charles martin awesome and then uh, once again we're talking about uh friday april 21st at de carlos convention center the address for it is 6015 east 10 mile road Warren, Michigan. Tickets available at 313-914-0017. Kenny, uh, just give another uh, background on while you're getting into uh, second-to-none promotions is getting into doing fights, and uh, what do you see in the Detroit area that's encouraging to you as a founder of second-to-none promotions? Very talented fighters that I think, uh, you know, if they had the right opportunity can really make noise on a worldwide level you know i believe that um one of course like antonio way i think the guy got a really bright future um he's a guy i think if he was if i could be any assistance to help move him in the right right direction for instance not giving him 
uh, so many bouts that um, you already know who's going to win right when the fight starts. You know, I, I think if he signed himself in a little bit of um, a fight where he got to think, think his way through early, you know, and then go back to a uh, easier fight and turn it up. You know what I mean? I want to be a part of helping him blend those that or uh, that that kind of uh, that kind of fight that, that kind of those kind of fights out. If I can help him balance that out, you know, that's me living my dream through these guys. You know what I mean? Which my whole career pretty much is cut short from injuries and whatnot. So. You know, I want to live my dream through these guys, give them a fair shake, um, and just bring primetime boxing back to Michigan. That's awesome. Well, we want to thank you for joining us for a few minutes, Kenny. Uh, I know it's uh, the crunch week here, the last two weeks, and so uh, I'll be there, obviously. Uh, the undercard ring girls will be there, and it should be a good show, and so we're we're uh, getting excited. No doubt. Um, one more thing, too. I want to I, I, I want to get with you. I want to get you to have that uh, giveaway of the VIP ticket. So um, I'll be up to see you uh, within the next couple of days and uh, get that going too. All right. Sounds great. I will talk to you soon. Take cool. care. All right. Thank you. All right. All right. That's Kenny Moore, founder of Second to None Promotions. Uh, Friday, April 21st, DeCarlos Convention Center, 6015 East 10 Mile Road, Warren, Michigan. Uh, phone number is 313-914-0017 if you're interested in tickets. Support local boxing. It's the only way it's going to get better. I was actually told <clears throat> something earlier today, and the the future of Detroit boxing is is really exciting. And um, I can't wait for this this news to get out down the road. But um, just a lot of a lot of cool stuff happening in the Detroit area. So uh, Kenny was on the show last week, and then what happened was the show for whatever reason, can't be in podcast form. And so we wanted to recap and give Kenny an opportunity to talk about uh, his event he has going on. We had uh, Zach Sh- Shaman. Schumann. Shaman, right? I thought it was Schumann. Schumann. Uh, on last week also. I mean, I pronounced it le- last week correctly, too. And uh, He just w- told you you did. W- yeah. And, yeah, he might have just told me that we did. <laughs> And uh, we had Dominique Dalton on, and he had one of the best quotes of all time, so I wish we would have had it. But he said he was more nervous to be on our show than he has been for any fight. But I promise you that we will have Dominique Dalton back on. We'll have Zach back on. And we had Eli Cantu on also. He um, does the Winner's Fist Awards for MMA and wants to start doing it for boxing. So it was a pretty good show. And we just lost it. Wah, so, wah. Yeah. So it's no longer here. So we're just doing a brief recap. We were also celebrating four years of doing uh, radio slash podcasting and um, being a part of some of your guys' lives from episode one. Some people um, are new to this. Um, so I want to briefly recap some stuff that has uh, happened. And, you know, I guess the the number one bummer about losing the show is, yeah, yeah, there's like, you know, the Dominique Dalton quote and, you know, he did say it so we can say the quote, but you're not going to hear it in the original content. But uh, we don't have ring girls here today, but we always have ring girls on the show. And we have an award called the Miss Undercard Award. And the Miss Undercard Award is just somebody that over 
a certain amount of time who has been with us is is what we consider a leader out of our ring girls. And uh, Liz McDonald was our current uh, Miss Undercard. And, you know, she she fulfilled it absolutely amazing um, over her year. She just like President Bush is still president. Uh, you know, President Clinton's still president. She doesn't lose her title of Miss Undercard, but we did come up on the four-year mark and it was time to name somebody else. But the cool thing is Liz did absolutely amazing. Uh, some of the things uh, I re, re uh, talked about last week was that she had never called off. There was one time when she was sick and I didn't want her around us, so I told her to stay home. She had never been late. Um, always would work around the undercard's crazy schedule to work any events that we wanted to. So I thought she did absolutely amazing that we had a trophy made going forward for um, presentation for the Miss Undercard Award, and we named that trophy after Liz um, as honor of having such a a stellar year. But it was time to announce this year's uh, Miss Undercard to join uh, Liz with that title. And who do we go with uh, there, Rochelle? Uh, Ring girl, Erica. Yes, we went with Erica, who, um, Erica, for uh, am- amazing reasons, um, you know, even if she's not working an event, she's out there promoting an event. And uh, so, like, she's very team undercard oriented. And, you know, a a lot of enthusiasm enthusiasm about boxing and MMA. And so she was, you know, it was a tough, there's a lot of good candidates out there, but Erica, um, her enthusiasm and the way she promotes us on social media, she was named Miss Undercard. So I do apologize about that because that's a moment we can't recapture for Erica. Um, but like I said, stuff happens and the world goes on. I, I'm, I'm sure she will be on the show many times until then and we can uh, re-interview her about being yeah, Miss Undercard. Yeah, when we present her with her trophy. That's correct. The trophy stays with us, though. It's like the Stanley Cup. But be like, here, you, you gotta see? see? Your name's on it. Right. All you, right, now get Once you see the trophy, you'll understand why we <laughs> don't give that one out. But I, I'm thinking about doing mini replicas for them, just like the the Stanley Cup sure. has the mini replicas. Oh, I have ideas, dude. <laughs> this, uh, the, the ideas do not stop. Huh? They get keychains. Keychains? No, it's not going to be chintzy. It's going to be all out. You saw the trophy. No, keychains of the tr- like little miniature ones that are... Right. You saw the trophy. I went all out. Yeah. (laughs) The box, dude. It reminded me of the. So we went over there to look at at the trophy. The box reminded me of like the Christmas story lamp. The box. The box was so big. Yeah. The trophy is pretty big still. It is. Um. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. And it's heavy, which to me, heavy means something i don't know why it's like quality, quality. <laughs> right exactly like it's a murder weapon like the kids can't pick it up and toss it exactly and uh the other thing too was uh the guy that does our trophies and medals for the ring girls he was just like well you're not gonna let them keep it or or you should transport it nicely <laughs> like he, he had rules it was like a gremlin or a uh mogwai yeah. like it had the rules don't feed it after midnight like you know it was, Only clean it with such and such. Exactly. So this trophy is pretty exciting. So we'll have them in here and uh, to to talk about that. I just got a hold of Eli, Eli Cantu. He's going to be joining the show here uh, momentarily, and we'll go through his interview, um, I believe, in a second. Nice guy. Like, the fact that he started doing this just to, you know, give those people who are in this 
sport, um, you know, just a little bit of recognition for what they do, like, you know, getting in that cage and now to bring it into boxing. Yeah. So Eli Cantu does the Winter Fist Award, which uh, Liz won uh, Ring Girl of the Year Award for MMA. And he he uh, came to Metro Detroit Golden Gloves. And what he did was he um, presented her with an award on the third day of Metro Detroit Golden Gloves. And the award was absolutely a nice award also. You know, we're talking a lot of trophies here right now, but a nice trophy too. And Liz uh, had that honor. So that was a lot of fun. And then Eli's got his own radio show um, coming up pretty soon. He just started doing it. Um, also we got to give out really quick. This is going to be just like random thoughts. Like I said, we were filling in for a show we lost. So like the, the prep was last week's prep. They get it. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. All right. It's gone. Move on. I'm trying. No, you're not. I'm just telling them. You're you're like, there's the, there's the knife. I'm going to (laughs) twist it a little bit more and a little bit more. Yeah. I won't talk anymore about it, but so like, these are just (laughs) random thoughts. Uh, but. I am going to be on James Gray, James Gray from Scorpion Fighting Systems. He has a new podcast called uh, Mental Warfare, and I will be on the show June 18th. I was honored to be uh, asked to do it. So um, exciting for him to exactly, do this. Exactly, dude. I can't imagine what we're going to talk about. Like I, I, like, I feel like I should get the questions in advance because I think they're going to be hard probably from James. But um, I could just sit and listen to him and be like, you make me feel better. Right. So James, James Gray's got a podcast too coming out. So that's, uh, well, it's out. So, um, absolutely great. Um, so what has happened this past week since last Tuesday? Uh, I don't know if you're from Detroit, Michigan, uh, a building that is important to the undercard for one reason, one reason only, uh, one of the greatest champions of all time, uh, Joe Lewis. Joe Lewis uh, had a building named after him, Joe Lewis Arena, uh, 1979, and the Detroit Red Wings played there. Obviously, a lot of people have associated the building with Red Wings, but let's just talk really briefly about Joe Lewis and his name association. I didn't know this until I was there, but I guess it was not in a popular uh, title at the time. I guess when uh, the first game there, when they, they announced it, people would boo that it was called Joe Lewis Sports Arena. I find that, I mean, I was two at the time, so I have no idea why. Maybe they wanted it named Gordy Howe Arena. I don't know. But I couldn't think of a, a name better than Joe Lewis Arena. Uh, a guy who was now going back and watching stuff about Joe Lewis. The guy fascinates me. He's just, he might now be my favorite boxer of all time. And so the building itself, having the name Joe Lewis Arena, uh, Joe Lewis on the arena makes the building special. He's a great champion. Wasn't born in Detroit, but was raised in Detroit and absolutely represented everything that Detroit was about. So name, very cool. Now let's get into, uh, let's talk a little bit about the arena, right? And I was telling Rochelle this, um, it's time. And everybody has memories of certain things. And the circle of life is everything ends, whether it be death, um, buildings come down, you know, and then new life is born. Uh you know, lots of memories, which I'll talk about, about Joe Lewis Arena. But as for an arena, very outdated. 
And the prospect of having a new arena like Little Caesars Arena will be great for the area because more events will come. Uh, but, you know, there is that certain, and Steve Eiserman said it best, familiarity about Joe Lewis Arena that made it, like, special. You know, a, the way, how easy it was to get down to it from whether you were coming from the Lodge or whether you were coming from 75. Um, you know, and then the teams from the Red Wings. Uh, well, he has to, I mean, they named the street. Steve Eiserman Drive. Him. I hope, you know, that's interesting. What are they going to do with that? I don't know. I hope that stays. If not, I want that sign. And Steve Eiserman so Drive. Nineteen. don't come to our house. 19 Steve Eiserman Drive. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, that, that stinks. Or <laughs> really cool. I didn't think Steve Eiserman would be there. You thought he would. Mm-hmm. You were right. Uh-huh. Uh, but I guess one of the coolest moments being at the uh, arena on Sunday was getting a chance for the last time to cheer for him in Joe Lewis Arena. I mean, uh, probably going to have other opportunities to cheer for him in different forms, but that was kind of cool. He so, is the captain. He is the captain. And so, you know, the he means more than the team to me. Just grew up loving Steve Eiserman and, and anything Steve Eiserman did, you know, he, he was great in my kids' eyes. So, you know, I, I've rooted for Tampa Bay a little bit because he's been down in Tampa Bay. You know, I've pulled for Team Canada when he was on Team Canada and all that, all that crazy stuff. So the thing of Joe Lewis Arena also going is kind of like, you know, Steve Eiserman's been retired for a while and, you know, it's time for the wings to get a new identity and everything like that. But so I just kind of, kind of ranking some moments of of Joe Louis Arena that I, I really liked. And everybody has their memories. So, um, you know, I, I got to listen to a lot of them actually uh, before people went into Joe Louis Arena. And everybody has a story of their dad or their mom taking them. But these are just my personal uh, memories. And Rochelle has a couple that we'll let her talk about too. But I guess the number one thing would be the last game with my dad. And uh, after the game on Sunday, I actually went down with my son and actually sat in the seats, which were the last games I got to see with my dad. So that was in 1993. It was against the Toronto Maple Leafs. We ended up losing that series to the Toronto Maple Leafs. And so that was in 1993. But that would probably be so my isn't it amazing that you remember moment. like that little detail? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, they were seats that we always sat in. So, I don't mean the seats, but like the fact of who they were playing the effect lost or won because considering yep. how many games that you had been to mm-hmm. over the years there. Yeah, they won that one. They lost the series though. <laughs> they were not, they were not, uh, they, you know, they weren't quite the championship team yet, but the building blocks were there. And then I lost my dad that year in uh, June 1993. Um, automatically number two memory would be actually with my son on Sunday. I think it was a special moment. He was very, he was embracing it. I think he knew something was about it. And, you know, even though he never got to meet my dad, he, he's kind of tying stuff together. And, he, you know, he absolutely had a blast. And he's trying to learn a little bit about it. And he was upset that they're moving to a new arena. And you're trying to explain to him that, you know, it's just just the way things go and everything like that. But uh, my third would be, and and this this really upsets me, and I, I and I'll I'll tell you a little story here really quick. So in two thousand two, 
Uh, the Red Wings were again in the finals. They were against uh, Carolina Hurricanes. I had tickets through the whole playoffs, and I, I took my mom to her last game with me, which was game one against the Carolina Hurricanes. And um, she had a blast. Like, I don't think she had ever been to a finals game. And it was loud. It was exciting. Everybody's going nuts. And uh, she was hooked. And it was a good memory. And I remember walking thinking Carolina Hurricanes had no shot of making it a series. And then they, I believe Carolina Hurricanes won game two. And so for us to be able to see them hoist the cup, the Wings had to win every game in uh, Carolina to come back for a chance to win game five. And uh, I was going through a, a breakup, kind of seeing this one girl, and my mom wanted to go to game five. Yeah, they come back. They're up three to one with a chance to hoist the cup and I chose the girl over the mom. I still, I was, I was kicking myself telling Aiden about it on Sunday. I wish I didn't, especially because that relationship was going absolutely nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, I didn't, my mom didn't get to see him hoist the cup, but I was there for game five. And that's a memory. Um, that's one of the memories too. Is seeing it was young Brad though. Young Brad was stupid, dude. Yeah, it was just absolutely an idiot. I wish I would have took. But my my third favorite memory was game one with my mom. That was our last game ever there. Um, you know, other memories I had. Uh, I've I've told this story a million times, but you know, I I was a wrestling nut in the eighties. Who wasn't Hulkamania and everything like that? And my dad was one of those guys that told me it was fake. You'd argue with him. He'd be like, it's not fake. And then my dad would be like, could someone pile drive somebody and they'd really get up and walk the next day and, you know, they'd be paralyzed. So it was a battle that went on and on and on. And it's not like they didn't buy me the action figures. It's not like they didn't let me watch it. But my dad, I requested over and over because they would come to Joe Louis Arena. Like, I want to go to wrestling. And so one Christmas, I believe it was 1985 or 1986, I looked it up. Um, so it's one of those two years. That was uh, like the height of it. right? Oh, there. my God. It was amazing. The uh, wrestling album came out right around then, too. You know, it was exactly like Christmas Story. I opened up everything. And then after everything <laughs> had settled for like 15 minutes, my dad handed me an envelope. And not only was it tickets to WWF, which it was called at the time, but it was for that night, Christmas night. And we started getting ready at three or four. And it was just me and my dad. And what I remember about it is Randy Macho Man Savage versus George the Animal Steel was the main event. And uh, Miss Elizabeth was there. And uh, that whole little storyline was going on. But I remember my dad telling my mom it wasn't too bad when we got home. And it, like that made my night. And we didn't get to see Hogan, who Hogan's was everybody's favorite. So the next year, um, next two years, 88. Um, the palace opened and, um, Hulk Hogan was there and we went to the palace and saw Hogan. And so we did see Hogan again, but it meant a lot to me because my dad did it specifically for me. Um, Iserman's Jersey retire night. Once again, I went with a date is it was a one-time date, knew the girl for like three years, took a date to Iserman's Jersey retirement night, had a great time, but in retrospect would just take different people to these monumental events. Um, and then lacrosse was another thing I, I bugged my dad about. The Detroit Turbos, we we go to lots of Red Wing games and they would advertise the Detroit Turbos. They'd be like, 
you know, we'll sell you the whole seat, but you only need the edge. And and I wanted to see you this. You mean in- Supercross? No, no. It was indoor lacrosse with the sticks. Whoa. Indoor lacrosse with the sticks. Well, let's not do it yeah. here. And the team was called the Detroit Turbos. And my dad took us in 1992 to see that. And once again, his attitude was not too bad. So th- those are some of the memories that I had of Joe Lewis. Um, so I'm just going to give a quick uh, overview, and then we're going to go to Rochelle's uh memories of Joe Lewis, but a couple things I did like and did not like about Sunday's uh, farewell game with the Detroit Red Wings. One, I thought more attention should be given that it was named after Joe Lewis, a prize fighter from Detroit. There was a period where I thought they weren't even going to show a picture of him on the scoreboard. At the end of one video montage during their get together and talk ceremony there was joe lewis tipping his cap but i thought you know what was it just red wing red wing red wing it was but it was named after somebody and i thought maybe there should be a little bit more of joe lewis presented through the whole game you know what i'm saying they didn't wear and i argued this with jimmy throughout the year they never wore the farewell to the joe patch they didn't even have it on on sunday and you know what that's cool. Don't do it then. All right. But I do not want to see, and I'm saying it right now, I better not see a fucking Little Caesars Arena patch on the jerseys come the end. Because if you're not going to honor the Joe by wearing the patch, even for the last game or the whole season, I've seen them honor uh, teams' lesser accomplishments. And I understand you were running out of room. You had a Mr. I one. You had a I was going to say they had to have number nine. There. You had the hundred uh, NHL, but there was enough spot on one shoulder to actually have the patch. I'm just saying, okay, if you're not going to honor the Joe Lewis arena, you better not have a patch for the new arena come uh, September when the, the thing goes. Uh, those were my big complaints. My, my, my compliments to them is that I thought they did it very professional. Down to the giveaway. I thought the giveaway was cheesy until I saw the giveaway. And then I was like, that's a pretty decent giveaway. The certificates of it being the last game, the way they, they really incorporated, um, it being the last game. And I'm going to be very, very selfish here right now and tell you that if the team makes the playoffs, you don't have this. You don't have this special moment because you don't necessarily know when you go into the playoffs when the last game is. So by them sucking, we had an opportunity to say goodbye properly to this building. So it couldn't have been written any other way because this great moment in Red Wing history doesn't happen unless the team sucks. Yeah, because Let, how many how many years have they not made the playoffs? Uh 8 or 10 out of the 38 they had been exactly. in. Exactly. So you you had a sense of walking in there for sure, without a doubt, this is the last time Red Wing hockey will be played in this building. Instead of them, the last regular season game, but then they go into the playoffs and maybe it's their last game here, but no, they went on the road. Then there's another game back here. You know what I'm saying? It just had the finality of a funeral. Like, yes, this is the end of it. And it only happens if the team sucks. So I want to give thanks to the Red Wings for sucking this year because you allowed this proper goodbye moment which could have been extended out a million different times well, throughout the playoffs the stress working there and having to can you, oh is it it i don't know <laughs> right my selfish reason i would have to be at the last game 
so I'd be like looking at calendars going, well, they might be in the second round. Hold on. Let's figure it out, you know? And so you oh, had to kind of take that night off. Yeah. You had the finality of it. Um, I thought the Red Wings organization did a great job of bringing everybody back and honoring everybody. Uh, Konstantinov was there. Um, Iserman was there. Lindstrom there. Everybody's there. So it was, it was a great moment. I mean, it's a, it's a exhausting moment though. So you get was down Kurt there early. Malby was there. Yeah. <sighs> His hair's no longer really there. <laughs> Kurt Maltby was there. <laughs> he was going bald back then. Um, so that, uh, that That's I have my to be saying. And then, uh, really quickly, uh, Darren McCarty, uh, has to give a shout out, uh, was absolutely amazing to my son and, um, signed his hockey stick that was given away and, and put the March 26, 1997 date on it. And of course, that's the day that they finally got past the Colorado avalanche. And you kind of, in the regular season, I mean, they, it, they were such a mental block there. It's tough to explain. And from there on, going shortly into the playoffs in April, you had a sense that this team could actually beat them and move on and win the Stanley Cup. So he signed that, and I thought it um, was really cool. And, and then you got to tell Todd, or not Todd, uh, you got to tell Aiden about what that game meant. And, you know, and the funny thing about it is a lot of people will remember um, Iserman and they'll remember, uh, obviously, Nicholas. Uh, Lindstrom, and they'll remember stuff, but Darren McCarty probably had just as much big moments as those guys did. You the top whole five. Line. Yeah. I mean, you know, and that, that was huge. Uh, so he, he cemented his part of that business, uh, or that business, that Legacy. building. Right. And a huge part of it. Um, what were some of your favorite memories of, uh, Joe well, mine, Lucerina? mine definitely are not as significant as yours. Um, I, I can actually tell you, I've only been to one Red Wings game ever. Who'd, was, they, who'd they play? I don't know. It was like in 94. Okay. Um, it, it really stuck in my head, obviously. No, my first time going to Joe Lewis, um, I saw Janet Jackson on her Rhythm Nation tour. It was my first concert ever. Um, so figure that was what, 88 maybe? Yeah. And then um, the next year, it was the first place I saw New Kids on the Block. Um, and it was me and my cousin. And I think my aunt took us. And I don't know if, she, if they had parent suites back then, if they had started doing that yet. But she, I, I remember she didn't sit with us. I figure I was like 14 at the time, something like that. That's about it. Like I, I real I saw Pearl Jam there with you. Yeah, dude. That would be probably seven or eight. I mean, that's opened with release. That probably was the biggest thing I've seen there. You know, and once again, everybody. That's the cool thing about life. Everybody has some sort of attachment to something, and the Pearl Jam memory. I've seen Pearl Jam, and Rochelle knows this. I, I lost count. It is remarkable how many times i've seen the band but the concert is easily my favorite because they opened with a song release that eddie vedder wrote for his dad and the odds of them opening with release is pretty decent but on that tour it had not happened and uh they opened at joe louis arena with release and actually the kid we were with chris uh (laughs) 
said, no way they're not going to open with release. And I was just like, I was like, I hope they open with release because this building means something no, he to want, me. No, he dad. thought it was going to be Oceans. And then they, I, in a weird moment before Chris had a total meltdown, <laughs> they did play Oceans right after release. <laughs> yes, so they did. we should have went and played Blackjack, but Chris was gone by like song five. I don't know where he went. <laughs> no, I mean, he, he was there physically. His mind was gone. He was humping <laughs> chairs and stuff like that. But yeah, the Pearl Jam memory, another, you know, I can't, I can't imagine Pearl Jam not playing Joe Louis Arena, and then they they played it. Now, you might remember this too, Rochelle. That concert day when we were there, that was the day they announced Joe Louis would be tore down and that they were building a new arena. That was the October same day. October 16th. That was the same day. Yeah. Yep. And because that's, why, Eddie that's probably even why their posters yeah. were of Joe Louis. Now, they always kind of do stuff like and that. And Chelios. Yeah. Yeah, the Pearl Jam paid more tribute to Joe Louis than the Red Wings did uh, about, you know, but uh, so I remember that day, too, because Eddie Vedder made a comment that I hear that they're, you know, going to get rid of this building. But he goes, I like the acoustics because of all the banners and stuff like that. So those are our memories on Joe Louis. And uh, you know what? Make new memories at Little Caesars Arena. Life is absolutely amazing. Make it what you want. And uh, memories are, you know, it's one of those things where we make memories along the way. Uh, you know, I did see Thomas Hearns there fight. That's the only time I saw t- uh, Tommy fight, Tommy Hitman Hearns. I never saw boxing there. Yeah. Uh, out of, I mean, considering Joe Lewis, never saw boxing. So, so I saw the fight saw where some he. MMA there. Yeah. I saw... And I did see some punches being thrown elsewhere in the building, but. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um. So, yeah, uh, I did see Tommy uh, fight there. And that would be somewhere in the top 10, the the fight he rolled his uh, ankle, the final hit one. Um, so, yeah, that's that's uh, a little recap of Joe Lewis. Um, I'm trying to get a hold of Eli here really quick. Hopefully it happens. We're just doing like a really, really quick show. Um, once again, I want to uh, say Second to None Promotions has an event. It is happening Friday, April 21st at D. Carlos convention center come see the undercard ring girls by the way they'll be there too 6015 uh 10 mile road warren michigan tickets are available at 313-914-0017 uh so we want to thank kenny moore for going there we're just going to go to a quick song break and if we don't get a hold of eli we'll wrap stuff up and well, first uh, off, i mean if we'll there's if there is something coming up like boxing or mma pretty good chance you will see the undercard girls there yeah where where the actions at? All right, see everybody in a few minutes. You're listening to the Undercard Hand Combat Radio. Welcome back to the Undercard, episode two twenty nine point five. Uh, we just had Kenny Moore on. Uh, if you listen to uh, the beginning of the show, like I said, not a lot of content uh, today. Uh, we're going to be wrapping up stuff, but we will be back two weeks from today. Uh, look on our Facebook page, facebook.com backslash radio undercard. We're going to be giving away VIP tickets to um, the fights Friday, April 21st, presented by Second to None Promotions. They're going to present pro boxing at D. Carlos Convention Center, 6015 East 10 Mile Road, Warren, Michigan, 313-914-0017 for tickets. We'll be back in two weeks, um, so definitely tune in. Uh, what's the official date on that? Two weeks from now. First, twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth. Then we'll be back April twenty fifth. Yeah. 
So everybody have a great Easter break, and we will be back soon. All right. Take care. That was a quick break. Uh, Eli uh, Cantoon is available now. So we wanted to add this interview. This was one of the interviews that was lost from the shows too. So we're going to call Eli um, as soon as I pull up the number. Then we're going to end the show again. (laughs) There's a false. This is the encore. Thanks for bringing us back on stage, everybody. I'm going to play one more for you and then uh, everybody get home safely. (laughs) The encore. All right. Hello, how you doing? Good. We are joined by Eli Cantu, uh, live on the undercard. How are you doing, buddy? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good, ripping and running. Nice. You got a you? you got your own show starting soon since uh, last week when we talked to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I started uh, Friday. I had my first episode, um, and I've been carried over to this week. So, um, yeah, I've been ripping and running, trying to uh, work out intros, work on um, just little stuff for the radio itself, you know. Ah, you're going to do the production stuff we don't do over here. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wanna, I'm going to pretty much take care of the whole thing, man. And I'll, also, I'm getting some staff so I could uh, kind of uh, kind of facilitate a, 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 like a, a – a, um, a group environment. I want, I want like a couple of DJs in there. I want a live DJ actually mixing things up and, and stuff like that. So I got big plans for that. So I, I'm kind of making a uh, high expectations for myself. And, and, uh, a lot of people tell me just take, take it slow, but I. Hello. Eli. Want, oh, there you are. But how, how are you guys doing over there? We're, we're good. Uh, so what, what, what's your show about and where can people listen to it? Okay. Well, uh, my, my show is, uh, it's a Spanish radio station right now, but I'm changing the whole um, the whole theme and stuff, man. I'm I'm uh, the first uh, show on that station to be in English. So what I'm doing is I'm gonna have like a Spanglish kind of talk, and and what I'm doing is I'm kind of integrating Spanish audience. You know, I'm I am Latino and Latin music and stuff like that, but. You know, I grew up here in the U.S., so, you know, I also grew up on Pink Floyd and Metallica and Jim Morrison and stuff like that. So I want to show my Mexican friends and my Mexican culture that, hey, this is America and this is what we listen to here. But I also want to show my American uh, side, um, this is my culture and this is my my, uh, Latin type of uh, music. You know, so I want to kind of play both worlds there. Um, So I'm kind of all my mixes, remixes and stuff and mashups, they call them. Um, and both consist of, of English and uh, Latin music. So that's kind of the whole thing, theme I'm doing. Uh, and it's the first show they're doing all in English, so this is like a trial. And where can people listen to it if they want to check it out? It's uh, 93.5 FM and also on the TuneIn app. If you download the free app, uh, TuneIn, you could uh, just look up Sabor Latino, S A B O R L A T I O N. Uh, Sabor Latino is uh, Latin taste. It, it translates to. Um, 
but yeah, between that uh, TuneIn app and Night Three Point Five on FM, um, that's that's the only two ways. Right now, I'm working on a. a uh, we're going on live on Facebook, you know, like everybody's doing, but also like a podcast. I would like to have like a um, many, many like podcasts of just me personally, um, um, just kind of delivering the music. Um, a lot of a lot of the music I think needs to be introduced with a little bit of dancing, even man. And I'm thinking about even you know uh, learning some moves myself that I don't know, you know, just to kind of play the whole character of the DJ and kind of uh, deliver it um, uh, fully, you know, by dancing and also in, 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 uh, entertaining. Now so that's kind of where I'm moving forward with it. Now, when we're talking 93.5 FM, you're talking in Indiana. What what towns can that be reached? That is that is South Bend area, and we extend uh, to Elkhart and uh, South Michigan. Um, it's... it's uh, it's it doesn't it doesn't have that big of a uh coverage when it comes down to FM cuz it is kind of here like a local radio listeners are really uh, from out of town you know from Texas and Arizona and, and so um they they app so they could just kind of uh, listen to the show that way and follow me that way now with your uh but, yeah I encourage you either now, with your uh-huh. MMA background and uh, you know y- your love for the sport of MMA, is that going to be mixed into your show at all, or no? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, that's definitely something that the public uh, wants to hear about. Uh, but I kind of want to inter- introduce uh, other other topics first um, because they know me for that, so they they're kind of already expecting. I'm going to leave that for 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 that kind of the end, or not the end, I should say, but. Definitely, I want to get started with, uh, you know, introduce the, a different side of me, you know, the more serious side, the talk side, the, um, you know, the, the side that I kind of uh, introduce my opinions to the to the public and everything like that. So um, that's kind of what I want to focus on. And yes, of course, uh, you know, uh, I have uh, Dan Severin um, that I, I've been talking to, and he might come on and, and promote MMA and and me myself. Uh, you know, I plan to have shows in the future, so um, I'm definitely. You kind of, kind of get the word spread. Now, uh, yeah. uh, let's talk about the winner's fist again because uh, the podcast was lost to technical difficulty. But explain to everybody uh, what win- the winner's fist awards are again, when you started them, and um, how often people vote on them. Sure. sure. Um, yeah, well, kind of kind of like what we went over last time, I, I uh, in order to explain kind of bring you in and in, into my life a little bit and um i started fighting i've been fighting seven years um after i i, I you know uh got in the game and and uh you know i had a, my first belt and stuff like that and i kind of built a following so with, with the following i built a team um so i kind of started playing fire you know fighter slash coach from then i i went on to you know also manage the team and match make my fighters and you know to kind of take care of them so a lot of the times i kind of step out of the way um, when I saw uh, fighters that were better than me, you know, I'm, I'm, and as a coach, I would recognize, um, y- you know, their, their talents, and I and I would play coach, and I kind of I would manage. Um, with managing, I, uh, you know, I had to take up photography to kind of get them, uh, you know, exposure and, and you know work on their image, and uh, so I also had to work on my photo editing and, and stuff like that. So um, just kind of being being in the game and, and going through all these facets of the game, different parts of of, uh, 
of, of the culture. Uh, it made me appreciate the, the, the game entirely, you know, and, and, and I always felt that um, not enough people got in, uh, well, not enough of the staff got recognition for, for the work that they do having a podcast and, and the, uh, the ring girl and even people that work cage side, you know, most importantly, people that work cage side, you know, they've been doing, you know, this, this 20 years, you know, and, and a lot of people don't even remember their names and stuff. So, you know, this is kind of something to kind of uh, shine light on, on all the hard work that, that they're doing and, and, and the passion, you know, that they take. Um, but but that's kind of where, where the whole idea of it started. Um, I started doing this uh, three years. This is going to be the fourth year uh, doing. Basically, up to this point, we have done everything online. So all the votes, Facebook posts through, you know, the uh, uh, page when you you know make a page or a form and it gives you the option to vote. So that's that's kind of how we uh, handle the voting process thus far. However, this year I wanted to make uh, the first you know uh, real life event. You know I want to make it a real ceremony, uh, real awards, real presentation. Uh, I think the the fighters and staff are like they both deserve something like this. So this is this is something I'm really working forward to. I mean, working hard towards and um, looking forward to. And um, definitely, I'm going to use radio as one of the tools to market this for the next couple of months here. Awesome. And to show you how, uh, how dedicated you are yeah. to it, you drove uh, about three three hours to uh, deliver Elizabeth's uh, Ring Girl right. Award, uh, which was an absolutely gorgeous award. And I know that you're, you're trying to present the awards in public where people get extra recognition. It's just not even on social media. You're presenting it in right. front of a crowd, and so they get to hear some applause. So I'm, I'm really excited about this banquet idea. You know, and, and you know what, uh, I'll be honest, I'll be completely honest with you. You know, I, I that is kind of stepping outside of my element and, and, and venturing out to public speaking. That's the number one fear. And, and I'm not going to say that I do that without being nervous, you know, at all. I mean, that, that's, that, that, like I said, I'm going outside of my element. But when I look at it, Bradley, man, it's that, 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 that you know, go driving, driving over to Detroit or even um, putting up with the nervousness of, 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 of uh, you know, public speaking that you got to kind of put that aside because you're de- there to l- deliver a message, you know, and you have a point and you have a, a reason. So, you know, when you have something like that and it's, it's in your heart to do that, all that extra stuff kind of, you just kind of brush it off. It's kind of like a fighter, you know, uh, when you get nervous and you're going to fight or whatever, you kind of just, you know, use it to your advantage of anything, but, but, uh, you, you definitely got to brush it off and, uh, take care of what you get to take care of. All right. Well, we want to thank you again for joining us, Eli. Sorry, the first one didn't uh, record properly, but uh, it's great to have you on again. And then we'll we'll stay in touch. I'm sure this isn't the last time you're going to be on. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right. Thanks for the invite. Oh, you're welcome. That's Eli Cantu, who uh, does the Winner's Fist Awards. He also has a new show on, um, and he gave you the ways to listen to it, but it's from 93.5, the South Bend area. So I'm sure there's streaming options also, and he's saying that he's doing Facebook Live with it. Um, So now, officially, it's the end of 229.5. So the house lights are going on, the encore is over, and we will be back officially April 25th? Yes. April 25th, 7 p.m. Meantime, facebook.com backslash radio undercard. Listen for your chance to win not just tickets, 
VIP tickets to the what? fights Friday, April 21st. Um, second to none uh, boxing. Uh, it's happening at DiCarlo's Convention Center. And so follow our Facebook as we give away tickets. Everybody, see you soon. Bye-bye.